And we're back this week, Steve Inman. Steve, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. It's good to be Cash back. in studio. Yeah, in Sarasota, Florida, Truth Socials HQ. I love being here. Thanks for having me on. I got Inman now, too. We're going to have a pretty good episode, I think. Yeah, well, I thought it would be good since Cash was in town. Normally, I do this Thursday or Friday. But Cash, you were in town. We were together at the yeah. Reawakening Conference at Trump uh, Doral yeah. on Friday. And then we were at Mar-a-Lago, the president, on Saturday night, which was fun. And he ended up, he missed his trip to Iowa. For those of you who are in Iowa, you missed, there were some tornadoes or something, yeah. so he couldn't go. But uh, it was good to see, good to see him. And then I thought, you know what? We should probably just get Steve Inman because he's one of our best creators on True Social. We've given wow. Steve a home. And he does a hell of a job on videos. And I don't know, maybe this could become a regular, one of the regular podcasts that I do, just analyzing current events and videos. I thought that's what we do today. You guys game for it? <laughs> Let's do yeah. it. Okay. So for those of you who don't know Steve, Steve does voiceovers. He started as uh, kind of in the MMA fight world doing color commentary, right, Steve? Well, you actually started as a, as a disc jockey originally, right? Yeah, a uh, little DJ on the radio, and I thought that was like the dream. I was like, I made it. Seriously made it. And I'm like, I'm so far from making it, and I'm still far from making it. But, uh, yeah, it's just so fun. Radio was good, and then I saw it die, and I knew it was going to die with social media. So that station is no longer there. <laughs> so I was like, bye. <laughs> but it was fun. And you, left, and you left California. You retreated to Colorado, yes. but I'm not sure what that was not much of a retreat. You may be retreating from Colorado soon too. Yeah. I'm in a, I'm on a red city. We're far away. So I'm rural, rural or whatever they call that. Uh, but, uh, you don't see any Andy Tifas running around here. Um, because, and then, you know, when you have gun rights, uh, you know, criminals don't seem to come out cause they're like, I'm not going to steal that car. Cause I don't feel like dying today. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I like it out here. Um, and, uh, I think it's great that everybody is, uh, you know, I got nature around me, so that's good. Instead of urban walls and and buildings that are corroded and homeless feces on the ground, I mean that sucks. <laughs> you do have it in Denver, though, right? Denver, yes. Uh, I was invited to go to Denver to to somebody's comedy show, and I said, "Dude, I don't go to Denver. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just won't. Probably get jumped by some liberal or something. I don't know, man. I just." It's just not a pretty place to go. Big cities are just, I'm just done with it. I don't, I don't even want to visit. I even told my family, if you guys want to see me, I'm not I'm not visiting California. I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys can come here, man. I'm not going back to Cali. I just, I, I just, I don't know. Been there long enough. So it's good to be well, here. Well, for those of you who are listening on the audio podcast after the fact, you can also watch it on Rumble because some of the videos probably won't make sense completely, but you'll get a, a taste for uh, Steve's capabilities color commentary and uh, so you can watch it later on rumble but thanks for all of you who are tuning in live on a on a monday if you have any questions we'll get to them throughout the show and at the end of the show just put them into the chat into the rumble chat but let's start steve we're going to play so people get a flavor for what you do just in case you don't follow steve inman on true social let's play this one i think we're going to call the inman shopping cart Let's play it. Welcome to another edition of Whack Ass as the shopping cart coaster is ready, set, and ready to be let go. And Booyah flip a doodle do right to the toe and takes another shot to the back of it as a receipt for his efforts. Let's take a look at angle one. It's unfortunate when he pulled off the flip a doodle do, the shopping cart immediately. 
immediately rejects his ass and says, get your ass out of here. Gets rejected like Whoopi Goldberg's profile on Tinder. Almost pulls off a scorpion, takes one to the spinal. And a shot of the aftermath here. He checks in on his boyfriend and it looks like they're okay. My God, go get a room, fellas, all right? It's not that serious. Congrats on making another episode of Whack Ass. Well, that looked fun. Why? The question is why? And then at the end, they high-five each other like they accomplished something. Like, you guys absolutely accomplished nothing but a hospital bill. So, congrats, guys. <laughs> well, I'm having uh, people text me now. One of my buddies that's doing uh, radio right now, live, Cash, he's, he's watching like, it. yeah, he better, he says, tell Cash to get off this, uh, get off the show so he can do my radio interview live. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad you're watching, though, out there. I'm glad people are watching live. Thank you for, for tuning in. But uh, what I want to do, guys, is we've had a lot in the news, um, but I, last week, I don't think we can get enough of the Trump town hall. No. Well, it's the Trump debate. We called it, I, I did last week, had to analyze, analyze with Lee Smith on, on podcast, but it really was a debate. Uh, was it a debate? It was more like uh, Trump throttling CNN and taking out the disinformation news network. Uh, I thought... But I guess she tried. What was that lady's name? The... Dylan McKay, McBaney? Whatever, whatever her name was. Something. So it was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't do a video on that, Steve. You know what? I did. There were so many videos and there's so much that happened in there that I might just do a translation video. That's the best. You know, what, what the lady was trying to say is that I'm, I'm mad. I'm angry. That would and be funny. I don't like you. Mm -hmm. and, and my eyebrows are like a unibrow now. I mean, what happened to that Caitlyn chick? She used to look like somewhat decent when she was doing Fox back in the day. And then I look at her now. That's what happens when the liberalism takes over. They end up looking like the uh, Crypt Keeper. It's strange. Like it just, I was like, wait a second. You used to be somewhat okay looking. Now you look like Chaka from the Land of the Lost. It's creepy. I, I just don't know, man. It's yeah, just... It also resembles the uh, dude that's on the Bud Light can. <laughs> yes, it is Dylan. Yeah. Dylan Mulvaney uh, in costume. Maybe he All uh, right. fully transitioned. Great. Okay, so I want to play the first clip. We have a couple clips from the Trump debate, and I want to get uh, Steve for you to give us some color commentary on it. Let's play clip number one, Trump Town Hall. Because what's happening is they're doing this for election interference. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, very nice man. She called him an ape, happens to be African-American, called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wouldn't allow it to put that in. All of these things he would, but with her, they could put in anything. Access this Hollywood. This is a jury of nine people who found right. you liable of sexual abuse. Do you think that, that that will deter women from voting for you? No, I don't think so, because I think the whole thing, just so you understand, ready? I never met this woman. I never saw this woman. This woman said, I met her at the front door of Bergdorf Goodman, which I rarely go into other than for a couple of charities. I met her in the front door. She was about 60 years old, and this is like 22, 23 years ago. I met her in the front door of Bergdorf Goodman. I was immediately attracted to her, and she was immediately attracted to me. And we had this great chemistry. We're walking into a crowded department, sir. So we had this great chemistry, and a few minutes later, we end up in a, 
a room, a dressing room, of Bergdorf Goodman, right near the cash register. And then she found out there were locks on the door. So she said, I found one that was open. She found one. She learned this at trial. She found one that was open. What kind of a woman meets somebody and brings them up, and within minutes, you're playing hanky-panky in a dressing room, okay? <laughs> I don't know if he was, he was married then or not. John Johnson, I feel sorry for you, John Mr. Johnson. Mr. President, can I... <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's got to be some of the best political theater of all time. We had it last week on the show, but it gets better and better. Steve, what would you sample for our audience when you're doing the voiceover of what she means to be saying versus what she's saying right there, right then? Uh, the only thing I can think of is that her feelings, and you could just see it, you know, it's always that same facial that they always have, you know, that, that, that angry. And she's basically like, and you could see it in her ear. She, somebody is talking to her. I know that feeling. You know, when someone's talking in your ear, she's she's looking to the right and she's trying not to really hard. I've done that before uh, as a commentator, you know, on on, you know, camera. Some guy's talking in your ear going, all right, go ahead and go to this route. Sometimes you can't help but look to your right. And that's all I saw was the whole time. I was like, uh, well, shut him up and, and then ask him this question. Ask him this question and then ask him this. She was a nasty woman. I mean, Trump was right. And I think it's hilarious that a lot of the people, uh, the CNN viewers are mad. I can't believe CNN gave Trump a chance. But when you see people like Anderson Cooper come on and say, we sampled the enti entire audience. These are not Trump's people. These are not Democrats. Like Anderson Cooper had to go on and actually report factual news. That, that to me was priceless. So uh, these people put their foot in their mouth and uh, it's exciting to watch. But uh, all I can say is biased. This, that's all. And she was like, how is she a conservative? I, I just don't even see it. Like, she's just completely, I don't know, man. I'm lost. Uh, she did I, a flip-a-doodle-doo. She did a flip-a-doodle-doo, man. Straight up. And uh, you just look at the old videos. Look at her. Look at her. Look her up. She looks like a normal person now. She looks like Chaka from Land of the Lost. That's all I got to say. She's, uh, it's just a, like the same thing that happened with that other reporter, uh, Savannah. The same thing. They can't control their emotions. And then they get mad. And it's, uh. It's funny, though. It's so exciting. what? So let's go to the content of what President Trump was saying there, because it, it really was a great political theater. But the cat. So her cat's name. And I try to have family friendly show here. But <laughs> I the, so the cat's name, her cat's name was Vagina. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying that on my own podcast. But that's what that was the name of the cat. So, Steve, what do you think the name of her dog was? Uh, egg roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know, when someone has like that kind of personality, you're like, there's nothing like rated G about this lady. Her whole life is based on sexual innuendos. So that just, I mean, that, that was really good. I'm glad he threw that at her because there is a lot of people out there. I'm sure she also puts selfies on Instagram all day and puts those little crappy life quotes as if she's doing, you know I mean? I, it's just, I don't know, man. Yeah, I want to see if we can get the. I'm going to ask my team to get the. There was a bunch of tweets. I was pulling that up right this now. Lady, Let's, pull out. Let's see if our if our crack production team here at True Social headquarters um, <laughs> can can get some of these tweets up, and we'll 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 go through them. There's like five or six of them that are just like out totally. Do you outrageous. remember the, you remember the slut one, Steve? Which one? Let's. Let's try to get them. We'll put them oh, up on the okay, screen. Okay, okay. But in the meantime, let's get uh, let's play the second video from the from the Trump debate slash town hall on the two standards of justice. Can we get that? My one? question to you is, will you pardon the January six rioters who were convicted of federal offenses? I am inclined to pardon many of them. 
I can't say for every single one, because a couple of them, probably they got out of control. But, you know, when you look at Antifa, what they've done to Portland, and if uh, you look at Antifa, look at what they've done to Minneapolis and uh, so many other, so many other places. Look at what they did to Seattle and BLM, BLM. Many people were killed. These people, I'm not trying to justify anything. But you have two standards of justice in this country. And what they've done, and I, I love that question, because what they've done to so many people is nothing, nothing. And then what they've done to these people, they've persecuted these people. And yeah, my, my answer is, I am most likely, if I get in, I will most likely, I would say it will be a large portion of them. You know, they did a very... <laughs> and it'll be very early on. And they're living in hell right now. So when it comes they're to pardons... They're living in hell. And they're policemen, and they're firemen, and they're soldiers, and they're carpenters and electricians, and they're great people. Many of them are just great people. So, Cash, I'm going to go to you on this, because you've done, you know, obviously you've done... I used to defense. be a lawyer. You used to be a lawyer. <laughs> you did defense work. You sham, worked at DO, sham DO, stuff. DOJ. <laughs> but how is it that they're keeping these people behind closed door without ever... Or I mean, uh, locked up. Yeah, and without. I mean, don't you have due right process? Repair, yeah, due process. To I mean, it's in the trial? it's in that thing called the Constitution, but I don't think that that uh, document is uh, withholding the test of time when the weaponization of DOJ and FBI is completed. And look, as bad as FBI and DOJ are, we've talked about that all the time ad infinitum because they keep doing things to destroy the rule of law. In this instance, in January 6th, the check on them used to always be the independent judiciary. The federal judges are now in the bag with FBI and DOJ, because even if a prosecutor goes to a judge and is like, hey, you got to hold all these people, no bond, no bond whatsoever. They're crazy lunatics. A normal, reasonable judge would look at the law and say, wait a second, why am I holding a 65 year old woman with no prior history of committing crimes? No bond, not even like a $10 million bond. No bond. The judges wanted the narrative of the insurrection out there as much as the DOJ and FBI did. A fictional narrative. Some people committed crimes that were severe and they need to be prosecuted. But me as a former federal public defender who argued for thousands of bond hearings for people with criminal histories that were literally pages long, I would get them a bond because the Constitution mandates that and the judge would award it. But the reason you don't see it here, Devin, is because the judges wanted that same end result. And they know in federal court, once they make that ruling, that's it. And then what's the next step? If you stay in jail long enough, people start pleading guilty because they want to get out. They're just like, oh, if you plead credit for time served, you've been in a year, we'll let you out, probation. But you got to say you did it. Mm -hmm. And it's a tough thing to say no to, right? Because then they're like, well, if you don't plead guilty, your trial's in four years. You got to wait in jail. And it's just atrocious when it comes to due process in this country and how it's been eroded. I, I think it's actually sad um, that I don't see any Antifa members. I don't see any of them locked up and they done like 10 times worse. I'm not saying any, I'm try, trying to justify one or the other, but let's not forget, you know, they let these guys in. They kind of, you could see them like, come on in and have some hot pockets. Everybody. You could see all the videos. I mean, they just go on for days. I s still think it was a booby trap that some people fell for. Then people are like, Hey, let's go to the Capitol. But if they are really serious about locking people up, how come Biden didn't get locked up 40 years ago when he was making that comment? I, I broke into the 
you know, Congress and they didn't do anything. <laughs> like, why, why is that acceptable? Because he's oh, corn pop. It's yeah. so idiotic. It makes me sad. And, and there's people in there, like you said, that uh, don't deserve to be in there. Oh. They were just led astray, man. They didn't, they didn't burn anything down. What, what, what did they do? Take a dump off Pelosi's desk? <laughs> no, no. What Donald Trump's genius is, remember, for two years, it's like Russiagate or impeachment one or classified docs. Now it's Jan 6. And this lady stupidly brought it up again to an audience that large scale thought because they were watching CNN forever that there was an actual insurrection. And Donald Trump in 30 seconds just showed all of these people. Wait a second. You guys lied to us not only about Russiagate and everything in between, but now you're telling me there's possibly innocent people who've been deprived due process and that's okay. That win, that two-tier system of justice messaging that he has made a central plank of his theme, I think is one that's going to propel him to the White House because people are like, wait a second, that's not fiction. That's actually happening. And what if I'm next? What if my dad's next? You know, people are like, hang on a second. How do we stop this? So we have we have some breaking news. The Durham report, Cash, has just, yeah. uh, just been released. I think what we're going to do is uh, we'll get you some as Cash and I are kind of combing through this, we'll see what we can figure out by the end of the show here. Uh, but in the meantime, I want to I want to get another video in. Uh, and we did have some good news this week. Um, <laughs> Vice News went bankrupt. Now, Vice News, I think, did. Of course, they did the most hit pieces ever on on Donald Trump. But I would guess the second most hit pieces that and pure defamation and slander uh, were against myself and the House Intelligence Committee yeah, Republicans. Yeah, they, they did a good job there. Um, but let's get that uh, video, video number four. Let's play it and get Steve's comment. It's Monday morning, I woke up to the news that I'm being let go from my position at Vice Magazine. And this comes after years of dedicating my life to writing articles like A Woman's Guide to Tucking in Your Dick. Yes, there are trans animals. Why some men choose to remove their penis. The Kim Oji app doesn't work for Grindr. And a modest take on why men terrorize women with poop. And then I find out via email that I'm being let go because my articles aren't generating revenue. Hi, New York Times, Mark Diamond here. Just calling to see if you got a chance to check out my resume. I have thousands of articles. They're never gonna see the light of day. Yes, no, I know you told me to stop calling, but I had an idea for a new article about canceling the Easter Bunny. Articles like 10 dildos are better than one and your boyfriend's racist if he won't sit on them. Lesbians should become trans men because most of them don't even have to change anything. My boomer dad isn't even gay. You know, journalism is supposed to be about normalizing weird shit, removing people's accountability, and most importantly, importantly, writing the same article over and over again. Why this 27-year-old barista is drinking piss to combat Islamophobia. I had plans to write an article about how women are better at football, women are better at fathering, and women have nicer hogs than men. Fight the patriarchy by having sex with an entire bar staff and then crying about it. Hey, Wall Street Journal, just following up on my freelance piece I submitted titled Blowing Dudes Makes You Better at Trading. There's no such thing as gender unless we're talking about something women are better at. No, no, don't hang up, don't hang up. I have another one too. The trading floor needs to accept that pedophilia is not a choice. You know, we had 2,000 people writing articles like this and now it's down to 1,750 tops. It's not enough. I guess the world doesn't think it needs journalism anymore. I honestly don't even know what I'm gonna do without my $12,000 a year base salary. You know who is concerned about money? Himmler. <laughs> okay, just disclaimer for those of you listening to the audio version, that, what that was, I, I think that is an actor, somebody that's, that's yeah. that, but what he's doing is he's reading real headlines that were on Vice News over the course of the last uh, many years. So those were real. That was somebody basically reading through the headlines on uh, real stories on Vice News. 
that's such a bummer. I have, man, Steve, I was scheduled to be on Vice News next week. So now I'm screwed. <laughs> what are you going to do um, with your life now, man? Now, the only problem, I mean, yes, it's a victory because another toilet rag disinformation uh, animal goes into the waste bin where they belong. But I'm hearing that Soros is going to buy it up for pieces. And then God only knows what he's going to do with it. That's the problem. Um, people are recognizing that garbage has been reported in the mainstream media forever, but we have to figure out a way to make sure Soros doesn't win. I don't know how we do that. I think if I was ever going to make a movie about Andy Tifa, I'd hire that guy right there. That's like Andy Tifa right there. That is like a soy boy. Uh, the definition of a soy boy. Uh, but <laughs> up. I mean, I thought he was going to go into the fridge and grab some almond milk. I'm not sure. But uh, I like, like Cash said, I think it's amazing to see this because it, it really is like you're starting to see demographic shift. And I saw that. I saw Vice's Twitter. They used to get like thousands of likes on their posts. And now it's like maybe 10 or even a 50 max. And especially for a page with over a million followers. Six pages. It, they yeah. must have sh they they shut down the bot farm. Yeah, they, you know, and you see that a lot with a lot of the uh, liberal actors too. Like their engagement's dropping. Jimmy Kimmel's dropped. Uh, nobody obviously is sick of that guy, but uh, all you see on Jimmy Kimmel's thing is like, tell us about Epstein Island. That's all you see. And he's just like, nobody likes Kimmel. And I'm glad that that's con uh, continuing to happen. It's it's glorious to see that. Speaking of Epstein Island, did you guys see that, that there's when one of the lawsuits regarding the whole Epstein fiasco, they're trying to find the founder of Google and he's like went went missing. They can't find him to serve him uh, to, to testify in one of the lawsuits. Oh, wow. That's yeah. creepy. Man. Steve, are you in the black book for Epstein Island? Is that why it hasn't come out yet? Uh, no. Or is that, I, I'm sorry, that's somebody else. That's somebody else. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Well, yeah. maybe you know what? I've been asking for Congress to release that black book forever. There it is. PJ Media on True Social. Oh, Google co-founder Larry Page vanishes as authorities try to subpoena him in the Jeffrey Epstein investigation. I'll tell you what. You give me a million dollars, I'll find that guy by tomorrow. And serve him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have all the tools at their disposal. They know they can catch these guys. They know they could find these guys. But I, I just think it's, it's just too much coincidence going on, man. And it's just creepy. You know, there's a lot of deep state stuff going on. But, uh. It's just like you can't even say anything. And if you do say anything, you're a conspiracy theorist or you're a racist. And I just, man, I just hope there's some kind of solution to this, man. We can see something, something come out of the Epstein thing because it just seems like everybody's involved, I guess. And they just don't want to get popped. And it just, it's all there. Even, even the lefties, or I wouldn't even see lefties, libertarians are always talking about that as well, too. So you'll see them always bringing up Epstein Island. I just feel like, man, are they ever going to solve this? I mean... I just don't get it, man. I wish they'd go after the people, but they're too powerful. Ugh. Frustrating. Well, speaking of, we were talking about Twitter bots. We've had a little bit of Twitter. Twitter hired a new CEO last week. And she seems to- Is it to, you? No, not me. Really. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't do that. Come on, Cash. <laughs> We've got to let have some humor in we, here. So she had an interesting take on fake news. So let's uh, let's actually play a clip of the Twitter CEO with her take on what constitutes fake news. Oh boy. Interesting take. I think the more complicated issue when it comes to fake news is that the younger generation uh, really 
doesn't experience or consume news with the same filters mm. that mm. Uh, what I would call traditional news or older folks, maybe some of us up on this panel, were once raised, whether you had a news reporter, a news presenter uh, that you trusted and that you received your news from, those largely don't exist anymore. So as a company like NBC Universal that has uh, one of the largest news footprints in the world and certainly the largest news footprint in the U.S., you have to constantly be looking at uh, your news organization and your filters for disseminating and really taking that responsibility of leadership very seriously. But how do you educate a younger generation uh, uh, about news literacy? I do a lot of talks about to, to younger folks – be careful what you share. Where are you getting it from, right? So I think that uh, you know there's two, two. There's a big spectrum to fake news. It's it's what are you uh, disseminating? What are you sending out? What's catching on with consumers? Because you'll receive a video and you're there today sitting. Is this real or not? What organization did this get published from? But the younger generation does not differentiate. Look, keep it. They're used to seeing, you know, someone's, you know, phone cam on site somewhere telling them what's going on. And they take that as real and news. So real news and, and education and discipline is very, very important. Not to mention in the spectrum is, you know, all the social and technology platforms experiencing a coming of age and their responsibility about disseminating or being a platform for disseminating news. Okay, so for those of you who can't see this, that was the new head of, of Twitter speaking at the World Economic Forum about fake news. What the hell was she talking about? That was a lot of like highfalutin language that probably only Steve can understand. I don't, you know, you can, you can <laughs> do one of your videos on that to break it down for dumb people like myself. Highfalutin, but, I love that. But what I was envisioning was like, why isn't that lady on stage with that moron from CNN who just did that town hall? Uh, maybe they can talk together about what disinformation news is and isn't. And maybe next time they can use the Rosetta Stone for us to, you know, decipher and understand. <laughs> This lady cares about one thing. She's a World Economic Forum. She used to work for Biden or in the Biden administration. Elon Musk, I've called him out from day one. People have called me out for calling him out, but I don't really care. The only thing that guy cares about is the XAP and making money. That is the reason he bought Twitter. That is the reason he's hired his World Economic Forum cronies to come in there and be like, no, no, I'm going to fix it. You know, I'm the best. You guys got to come out, you know, come play ball. And I'm sure... All these people, I mean, I don't know a single one of them over there in Switzerland or wherever they get together and have their satanic rituals. But these people get together like, here's the person who should be CEO of Twitter. And if you pick her, we will get behind the XF. I mean, he's not an idiot. He's not a dumb man. He bought it for a reason. And he's in the hole like $24 billion. So 44. 44. Sorry. Remember, I can't do math, Steve. That's you. So um, <laughs> yeah. I think you should do a video of her and the, and the CNN town hall lady. I think and that's a good idea. So, so Steve, what was she talking about there? She clearly doesn't know anything about fake news. I mean, she did come from a fake news organization. I can understand Joe Biden better than I can understand her. But, uh, oh, she, oh, my God, she was. Here's the thing. It's like, why do you have to be involved in disinformation or information? How about just allowing people to figure that out for themselves? And if they don't, well, hell, you know what? We all have our day where we start to learn. But 
I just think like, who the hell are you to sit there and say, this is disinformation. That's not disinformation. It's obviously bringing the, the BS back. But when did this exist when Twitter started? It wasn't like this. It wasn't even like that five years later. It was when Trump came into the office and now it's all disinformation. And that's what, what really happened. But for you to come in and say, well, you know, these kids that, you know what, we don't need you to oversee what we do. I mean, I, I'm sick of like, before I even tweet something now, if I try to tweet something, it's like, are you sure you want to say that? This is tweet has been known to offend people or those words. So I don't trust her. I'm like, like Cash said, I've never trusted Elon. I, I just think, you know, he's doing it because it seemed like the majority was swinging this way or whatever. But at the same time, I don't trust Elon. And I, and I'm so sick of the people, these journalists that these, you know, so-called conservatives on Twitter, I'm going to call them out right now. Always kissing Elon's ass. Always getting on there. Oh, that's a great idea, Elon. And you know who I'm talking about. All right. I'm not going to call any names out. I've seen them get called out, but they're always always the first one to go in there and start talking to Elon and like just, just, you know, massaging his egg roll. And it's embarrassing. And I don't know why these guys don't get called out more. Maybe I'm just a, a grouchy old man, but I'm sick of it, man. I'm sick of the, the you know, you know what I mean. Well, well it's something. interesting. So you had the comparison that you couldn't understand. You could understand Biden <laughs> yeah. better than you could understand the Twitter CEO. So, Steve, we actually have breaking news from over the weekend. Uh, of Joe Biden. We're going to get that clip prepared, but Cash is here on his phone. We're trying to get whatever information we can on, on the Durham report, and we'll come to that as soon as we have anything uh, to talk about. But let's play for, just for um, for Steve, let's play the Biden at Howard University from the weekend. Oh no, this is a brutal one. I saw this. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go. When virtually goes wrong. Mm. Yeah. yeah, they were clapping. Some of them, you could hear a little confusion back going, what? You know, but <laughs> I mean, he he is, says the white supremacist leader. I mean, literally, how can you sit there and always talk about white supremacy and white supremacy is taking over, yet you vote a white man into office? So I, I just don't understand. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. But, you know, when I look at that, I'm like, dude, he looks like a KKK member. I'm sorry, he does. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be nice about it, but it's disgusting. And for him to look at everybody and tell them, I do this not just because I'm at a black school. Wow. Wow, dude. That's not racist. I don't know why anybody doesn't. I just hate that he gets away with all those virtue signaling, uh, ignorant comments that he makes because it is. It's uh, it's it's one of well, the worst. He's got the whole government. The whole government follows his lead. You've got the defense secretary talking about the same kind of nonsense. You've got, you know, I don't know how many. I think you had the, the border uh, czar or the border. Uh, um, the, what the hell's his name? My art. Mayorkas, the secretary. No, the border's secure. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, border's it's, secure. It's and then we have this, you know, white supremacy problem. It's really, it's really absolutely incredible. I think it's just unfair. And, and what they'll do is they'll even turn on the people that actually came to this country legally. And those people complaining, I, I am so with them because, you know, people came here to this country the right way. It's not about like we're trying to turn anybody away. And then they start bringing in, well, who's going to do the fruit? Well, we've got a lot of people here doing it now that came here the right way. Some may have, may have not. But to sit there and call me a racist, it's like, dude, you cut in line. My mom came here the right way. Why can't you get in line? 
Secondly, we can't vet you. We don't know if you're a child molester, a child, uh, you know, trafficker. I mean, how, why is that? Well, and, and, and just on that point, Steve, just over the weekend, obviously probably not covered very much, but it was, it was on, it was on true social. Um, there was a someone someone on the FBI's most wanted list, watch list from Afghanistan. Oh yeah. And I was actually going to say that like people are coming from there. And then if, I don't know if you saw that video of all those Chinese men that were coming through Mexico and they all look like the age of being a military, you know, like capable. And so when I see this, I'm like, man, this is just an invasion and they know it. And if I was a terrorist, I'm sorry, I'm not. But if I was a terrorist, I'd go through Mexico. If I, if I had a plan to attack the U S I would go through Mexico. It's the best way to do it. I know it sounds morbid, but uh, I, I think about that every day and I just, it just makes me sick. And I, I can't imagine people not being pissed that these people are coming through, whoever they are from every country through Mexico and not doing it the right way. And we just don't know if they're a terrorist. We don't know if they're murderers. And like you said, that's a perfect example and it keeps happening. But let uh, CNN ignore that. You know? All right. We're going to switch gears here, Steve and Cash. And uh, we have some breaking headlines coming out of mm-hmm. the Durham report. John Solomon is reporting. Uh, that uh, that Durham did not find or concluded the FBI had no verified intel when it opened the probe on Trump. Oh, Hang on, I got wow. let, me, let me quote one more thing. Out quote: Our investigation determined that the Crossfire Hurricane investigators did not and could not corroborate any of the substantive allegations contained in the Steele reporting. No shit. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> Devin and I only spent two years looking into that, so no big deal. But I'm thankfully John Durham got there six years later because we only put out the truth back then. Now, we'll see how many of the mainstream media report that. The good news is hopefully some people actually learn a thing or two from this, but it's a long report. I'm still like uh, diving into it. But basically what that says is the losers and the criminals like Peter Strzok and Andy McCabe and Comey um, and the people at DOJ, John Carlin. And company opened up this bogus investigation based upon no justification in the law, based entirely on politics. And that's what Mueller failed to conclude because Mueller didn't want to ask the question um, that John Durham is now supposedly answering. Now we know what we've been saying the entire time, Devin. Yeah, and and we're not going to know either. I mean, my guess is by those cases that he brought in in Washington, D.C. and Virginia, where he essentially put the FBI and DOJ on trial, but without ever bringing a prosecution against them, it looks to me like he had his hands tied the whole time. Um, and I'm sure Garland had his, yeah. his hands and, and Monaco, who was involved. By the way, she shouldn't even be involved yeah. in, in, in this Durham issue. She should be recused. Uh, but I'm sure they put uh, pressure on him. It'll be interesting to see now what Durham says after the fact, because he should be able to talk freely, which he hasn't done. I for mean, look at this. Years. The cast of characters in just the first couple of pages in John Durham's report. Peter Strzok, Andy McCabe, Christopher Steele, Perkins Cooey, Fusion GPS, Igor Danchenkov, Charles Dolan, the Clinton operative, Hillary Clinton herself. This, These are the people that are named in the first executive summary in Durham's first three pages of his report. So clearly they're of significance. Otherwise, you don't bother naming those guys. You know who's not really named in there? Carter Page, Michael Flynn, Devin Nunes, Cash Patel. Um, anyone who did anything by abiding by the law isn't named in there because, you know, we're not criminals. But these people are. You know what else is in there? Alpha Bank. <laughs> Sussman. 
It's all, it's like a list of characters. This is like a, you know, plot against the King three, dude. I see it coming. <laughs> yeah. Speaking, right. Speaking That's of Stephen Men's best work ever in CGI, <laughs> the plot against the King musical CGI performance you did. I mean, the book was pretty good too, but I think your CGI masterpiece was even better. For those who haven't seen it, it's pretty awesome. Thank you, brother. We actually had a question on one of your works uh, from the audience. They uh, they wanted to know. Let me get the right name because I know you were working on this, and maybe you haven't completed it yet. Um, well, let me see if I can find it. It was your. Okay, here it is. The name of your final junction. What you were doing, like some voiceover, uh, putting together some little small movies right yeah yeah that was when i first started my rumble channel I, in fact i came over to rumble because i was like youtube took this video down and i think it's just because of what we we're talking about in this uh film there was nothing any graphic i mean maybe a couple bullet shots but that's you know all visual effects and i've seen worse online but this was about guys that were actually going after child predators like we were going to just go freaking you know torture them it was just some real small project and it kind of turned out to a point where it was just too much work, man, because I'm using this like 50 pound camera when it's all said and done. And we had like a staff of five or six people. Um, so the episode is actually up on Rumble. If you look at Final Junction, it's sort of a bit of a comedy, but at this it's like dark comedy. But at the same time, it's uh, it's just something that I think Amazon denied because they didn't like the fact that we were killing, uh, you know, child predators, but not really showing it. But that that was the basis of it. And so you'll I, so so you'll uh, read truth. Maybe you can put it out on truth uh, later yeah. today. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah. people can see it. Absolutely. Thank you for asking about that. That's uh that's 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 a while back. That's OG right there. <laughs> All right. So Cash, anything new, anything else on the Durham report? This well, I I mean, look, it, I think you and I and guys that have been following Truth Social and the John Solomons of the world, um, Lee Smith, Bongino, Molly Hemingway, and all these other great reporters, we could we we basically wrote this four years ago, five years ago, right? Mm -hmm. We proved it and now it's in one place. So what I hope is that people will actually be like, oh, okay. At least we have a neutral and detached person in John Durham, who's pretty anodone, right? To be like, okay, we should probably read some of this guy's findings. And the findings are the same. So it's not coming from us, not that we didn't report the truth, but because the fake news media has spent a decade castigating us, they can now just see it in plain black and white. But the bottom line yeah. is they rigged an election. Hillary paid for it. The Democrats bought the FBI. The FBI went into bed with them and lied to a federal court and illegally surveilled their political opponent. And they continued to do it for a period of one year into Donald Trump's presidency um, with corrupt people and, at Comey. And and they're still doing it. Today. Well, they're still doing it. Yeah. I mean, the, the worst part is, is that, that they've only doubled down on corruption. Yeah, you know, DOJ is way worse than ever before. FBI is way worse than ever before, and this was just the the beginning of it. But you know, the question is, what are you know, what are you going to? The Biden administration is not going to do a damn thing about it because they own these guys and do they'll do whatever they want. So we will come back to Durham either later this week um, uh, after we've read the report and. It's only 300 pages long. So yeah. So we'll I, think, I think I think we've got some reading to do. This is going to be my entertainment tonight. I'm, I'm really kind of excited to kind of dive into it. I don't read books, you know what I mean? But this is like something I'd read. <laughs> yeah. To do it, to do it justice, we need to read, yeah. we need to read the report and yeah. then we'll, yeah. and then we'll do it. Okay. Then I'm sure a lot of us will be doing an assessment. Um, I do want to, but before we go, Steve, I got another video for you. Um, and this is video number 13 for our producer. 
Let's play video number 13. This is back to the Trump Town Hall. So if you look at on January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Stay peaceful. This was the day before, and this was in the form of Twitter. Now I use truth, truth social. I think it's far superior, okay? I hope everybody's on I hope everybody's on truth. <laughs> he's, he's right. He ain't wrong. It really is nice. Especially it is it is cleaner and it is it is far superior. That is that is for sure. We're making it better all the time. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to launch groups here hopefully uh, this week or first part of next week. And Steve, you've been on the beta test on groups. You've actually started a group, a very interesting group, because you have a group that you want people to uh, to put videos into your group so that you can then do some color commentary voiceover type. Stuff, yeah, right? I mean, because of the whole community, that's what non-essential commentary is. It's people that are always sending links and then I'll read their comments. And so they kind of help write these things along the way. They just don't know that they're sort of like this focus group. <laughs> but when they send in the videos, that's the best thing. Sometimes people don't realize they can send me links to my messenger, but usually the groups seem to work when I did it on Facebook back in the day until they shut us down, obviously, because they're like, you're not a liberal. Okay, bye. <laughs> there goes your group. But not having to worry about that on truth is nice. And so I, I can't wait till people are able, everybody's able to submit videos. It's gonna make life fun. <laughs> yeah, I used I used to uh, like the Facebook groups way back in the day. And this was before I even understood shadow banning. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. But I was involved in all these, these not, not a whole bunch of groups. But there were a few groups that I was that I was a, a part of, you know, like, you could keep track of uh, people you went to school with. And, you know, we had like from my graduating class, you had all sorts of different, they were, they were fun. And then it's like, they just disappeared. And yeah. Find them anymore. The man cave, uh, there'd be like man cave, you know, uh, pages where you can learn how to like, you know, you know, when you're looking for ideas and stuff too, it's great, you know, cause I was trying to build a gaming room. I don't even know where to start. So, you know, kind of get these ideas. I just imagine it being like that on truth where you're going to have like gaming, you're going to, it's just going to be, it's going to explode. And with these groups, I think it's, it's going to make life a lot easier for content creators too, when they're looking for yeah, it. Yeah. And, and I've got it right here on my phone. I think cash, you've got it. Steve's got it. Um, and we are, it's been out for external beta tests and now we're just waiting for approval from the gods at be that have to approve our apps, which is both the app. We have to pray to the Apple gods and to the Google gods so that we can get them in the app store. So that's if you're wondering why you see us posting things, because we're testing. So some of you are saying, why can't I, why can't I get on groups? Well, we have to say some more prayers to the gods of Apple. And Google. Uh, and and you know, remember when Trump, I don't know that video we were just looking at when he said, you know, peaceful, make it peaceful or not. You know, the day that happened and they took Trump's account down is because they were trying to hide that tweet from from the. Well, that's that's public. the point. I didn't even know. I didn't know about that tweet. Yeah, I, I that was the first thing I did when he reinstated uh, Elon, you know, the whatever reinstated his account. I went right over there to make sure that was still up. But that's he. And this was it's, way before that even happened. So the proof is right there. But some liberal. But it's gone. It. Yeah, but, the, but it's gone. It's not there. And that's I think that's the point that. President Trump was making the other night is that those tweets are not back up on Twitter. What the hell happened to them? Yeah. A lot of people it. screenshotted it too. So they have yeah. it, but then you're going to get people saying, Oh, that's Photoshop. But it's like, we, I, he never even, I just don't, if you hate Trump, I guess you just hate him with all your passion. You don't care about facts or whatever, but I, I just, 
for the life of me, I'll be honest, when I first saw Trump running in 2016, I really didn't know what to think. But when I started seeing people attack him, you know, that one word, that famous rally he was at, somebody came from behind. I started thinking, wow, this is weird. And then I started seeing Trump supporters in L.A. when they'd go and they were getting attacked by Bernie supporters. And, you know, these, even this one guy was getting beat up. He goes, I support Bernie, man. I'm not with them. Like, I mean, literally, when you're at a point in life and you have to scream, I support this guy so you don't get beat up. That's when I saw something was wrong. And that's what opened my eyes. And I just don't understand why people can't see it. Um, you know, maybe we're all blessed to be able to see those things. You guys are truly blessed. You guys are way ahead of your time <laughs> or I even saw this, but to me, when I saw the Trump supporters getting beat up, that's when I said, all right, man, I, I really am going to get involved and vote on this and, and whatnot. And, uh, I just, I thought that was terrible. Um, all right. So we're going to have, we have, we're going to, we have time for one more Inman video <laughs> and I'm just going to let the producer pick whatever video uh, he thinks is is good because I think you've got many of them. Hopefully, it's family friendly because, of course, my podcast is family friendly, unlike all of Inman's videos that can <laughs> sometimes are not family friendly. Real Going quick, yeah. before we get to Steve, before we get to your last video, I just want to highlight the the sort of the power of truth. We've been talking about group groups, group videos, and group things that are coming. Um, I just stole your idea and created the, the group man cave, so now it's mine. <laughs> Um, so you, you're welcome to join, but I can sell it to I'll you. Join. But, but I think the creativity there is just about other things too, not just what we like and dislike and hobbies. This individual on, on Truth Social started a fire pit business. And it's it's at Go My Fireside, at Go My Fireside. This guy's making made in USA stainless steel branded fire pits. He made one for Truth Social headquarters. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, and he can cut. There it is. It's in the middle of Truth Social headquarters. At go my fireside. Not quite a fire there, though. We couldn't light it inside, Steve. So we did the best we could with it. But you ain't green. You know, who would have thought a year later, Truth Social would be helping Americans build businesses and videos and camaraderie? And this is just an example of it. And it's so good that apparently Ted Nugent is uh, like fully endorsed this guy and, and just loves it. And put and put the the picture of the Truth Social fire pit back up. So I just want to point out. <laughs> that we've gone green here at Trishel. <laughs> no, 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 nobody's going to, everybody's signing off. We're not, no, we're, not, we're not burning anything there. Look at that. For all these people who have said that the, we don't care about the environment the, and the fire we don't care is, about global warming, look at that. The fire is outside. That. Since we wanted to give this guy a good boost, we didn't want it to, you know, break all the legal codes here. But uh, is, is that a soy plant? What is that? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a soy boy plant. No, but the uh, it's an awesome thing. I even got my parents one. Um, for their house down in Florida. So check it out at Go My Fireside. Uh, really appreciate everything he's doing and everybody if else it, is building businesses. You know what? You're right. Truth. If it wasn't for truth, I wouldn't be getting the views on Rumble. Um, you know, I would be, you know, always having to, you know, go the extra mile to like make, you know, money on the side or whatever when I was doing it. But, you know, it's, we're at a point now where Rumble is literally taking all that away to where I don't need to ever you know, sort of ask donations or whatever, whatnot. I mean, because sometimes that happens, you know, back in the day, but it's like to a point where that never has to happen now because of rumble and truth going together. So that's why they're both important to me. If I didn't have truth, I wouldn't have the rumble channel and vice versa. So man, thank you guys. I always say it. Thank you. But man, I really mean it because it really changed my life in the last six months as a content creator, not as just someone who's watching it, but as a content creator, it really changed. And I, I'm just grateful every day i wake up so man if you guys didn't create this and this isn't kissing ass you guys don't pay me to say these things i'm just saying thank you because i've been banned so many times and i don't have to worry about it anymore so uh, well you're not gonna get you're not gonna get banned on here 
<laughs> uh, you can even say cat vagina and get away with it. I'll let you so, say that. You say it's so excellent. <laughs> not as good as President Trump says it, though. Uh, it's really hard. That's a, that's that's a hard tough, one to that, do. That's tough. <laughs> a serious face. How did he do that? Cat vagina. I was like, whoa, he, I, I would have laughed. <laughs> well, the audience was laughing. All right, let's play that. Let's play one final Steve Inman video. First time ever, we will not need the slow motion cam. Third base coach comes in for a little assistance, but he's like, get out of here, third base coach. You're ruining my stride. This slow motion that I'm pulling off is absolutely fantastic, and everybody's enjoying it, including myself, except my teammates. My teammates are like, hurry up, dude. We got to win this game. And the slow motion continues, and he makes it, and he is safe. We won't be looking at the replay because we'd be here all day. All right, Steve, awesome. why don't you explain for those of uh, those of you listening on audio what that is? T-ball, man. Uh, I love when kids just have this personality. And I, I just saw that video and I saw that the coach tried to come in. He's like, all right, come on, hurry up. And he just, get out of here, man. I'll do it in my own time. That was just like, like I'm not going to follow the pack. I'm going to do my own thing. So that guy right there, he is going to be a leader one day. That's how I see yeah, it's it. It's like a little, I don't know, what is he, probably four or five years old? I don't know. Yeah. That was you, right? Don't yeah, lie. That was, oh, that was me. <laughs> Uh, Us Asians, but we that, baseball, man, we do. Un unlike what you see a lot on the internet now with in the days of fake news and deep fakes and phony videos and all of that, that actually was a real video from a kid, uh, I don't know, a little four-year-old, three, four-year-old rounding third and going in slow-mo as he goes into home plate. There's actually another one. If you look for it eventually, uh, you know, if you get offline or whatever, but um, there's a kid who does a cartwheel before he gets to first base. And I was like, that is the ultimate taunt. After he hits the ball, he does a cartwheel and all the kids run to the ball and he makes it to first base. I was just like, that is a leader right there. That is, that's someone who's going to lead uh, with uh, legendary status. So it's cool to see those kids do that. <laughs> well, Funny. Steve, it's always fun. It's always fun with you and cash. I'm really, really glad you guys could make it today. Yeah, it's always good to be in Truth Social headquarters. Who knows what we're going to come up with next? We got Thank groups you. coming. We got more Inman videos. We got fire pits. We got, you know, all sorts of craziness. Drop us a note at the uh, at Truth Social handle and tell us what you think about what should be next. My family vacation will be coming to Florida. And instead of going to Universal Studios, I think we'll visit Truth Studios. I think that would be a there fun. There you go. If you don't mind me bringing my kids, man. Uh, you know, just put them in the commissary room and they'll just make like, you know, coffee for us. There's a lot of candy in there. Yeah, nice. nice. They can play around the green fire pit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Steve, thanks a lot, Cash. Thank you. This is Devin Nunes. We will catch you maybe later this week talking about the Durham report. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah.